and you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson, my amazing co-host, Monica. And we've come into the second hour of the show where we are doing a lot of things. The first of which is giving you another clue for the quiz. Who am I? The Lord said he would make Moses to be like God to Pharaoh and me to be like Moses' prophet. Mm-hmm. Getting a bit easier now. Mm, absolutely. Man, we were just talking in the break a little bit about this story of this elderly woman woman getting tased. I was talking about it with producer Shanna. This elderly woman getting tased um, by a police officer in a, a nursery home. Um, a nursing a nursing, home. a nursing home. Yeah. Uh, well, I was hoping that there was plants there, so it could have been like an, <laughs> a nursery home. I'm sure there was plants, considering they're usually full of old people, and old people love plants. That's right. But yeah, this this lady was 95 years old, and she was having like a dementia episode holding a serrated steak knife and the officer that was on the scene responded by tasing her which killed her which is just an absolutely tragic story there's lots of questions there lots lots of things to think about let us know what you think zero four nine one zero six four six six nine if you've heard the story consider it we just had it then in the news got some text messages here though um we have if i can find them on the wait did i ask you what the clue was yeah. And you said it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure. Maybe I'm having an episode this morning. <laughs> Don't uh, need to tase you. <laughs> uh, only if I threaten you with a knife. You know. But hey, we've got Brayden writing in. He says, can we crash at your house, Lawson, then come to see the concert? Um, yeah, come over. Oh, you want to learn how to ride motorbikes? Come to my place. <laughs> I will teach you. I'll teach you how to do lots of things. I teach you how to ride motorbikes. I, you know, I don't that's, that's probably it. That's probably it. Oh, I have a boat. You know, you can go out on the boat, you know, see the see the amazing Lake Macquarie area, which, again, I will stake my claim is the best place on Earth. And that, again, is uh, to go see the Colin Buchanan concert. Absolutely. Uh, which we are giving away tickets for. If you're in the Newcastle region, you can go to the uh, concert happening at Walls End Church on the 4th of June. We are giving yeah. away a family pass for four on Monday. So stay On tuned. Monday, because we're going to be doing an interview with the one, the only, Colin Buchanan. So make sure you are listening then. I got another text message here. It says, doesn't meat just sound fantastic? Here is your steak, sir, with a side of tumour. <laughs> had a work lunch yesterday where they served pork belly. The smell was enough to make me not want to touch it, let alone even look at it. Thankfully, I was served my vegetarian dish. Yeah, I know that feel. Yeah. I, I've gone to a bunch of weddings recently, and um, like weddings for for people who aren't vegetarian. And, um, the stink, and yeah. It's, it's just like, yeah. you know, and... But the stitch up is is that then there's there's not an appropriate good amount of vegetarian food. Yeah. Whereas man, my wedding oh I've already got my wedding planned, if you didn't know. Um <laughs> just looking for the bride. That's right. Looking but, for the bride, but, uh, putting the is, word out this there. Is, this is how it's gonna go. Okay, okay. So <laughs> it is going to be in a church of a pastor I know. And what that's going to enable me to do is get a free venue. Okay, so <laughs> firstly, free venue. Secondly, lunch, potluck. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna be a morning wedding with a potluck lunch. Um, oh dear! It's going to be on a Sunday morning, or you know, an afternoon wedding with a potluck dinner, whatever it may be. I'm going to pay catering a little bit, but then simultaneously, that everything's going to be supplemented by the amazing, wonderful food of those who I go to church with. You know, because- I think your future wife is going to teach you a few things, Lawson. And, and, but think future about fiance. I should say she's not, how- become, she's not going to become your wife. Think about how many <laughs> people I can invite. Then this is this is the point. When you do it on the cheap, I can invite all the Faith FM listeners. 
I can, in, I can invite everyone from my church. Like, I'm a genius, awesome. okay, because I'm going to have the biggest, most inclusive wedding ever. But instead of, you know, crazy rich Asians where it costs like $40 million, it'll cost $40. And uh, it'll be on the cheap and it's going to be incredible. And how much budget are you allowing your future fiancé for her dress? Oh, I mean, I don't know. How much? What's the most expensive H&M gift card you can get? <laughs> That's a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. Well, that so was, I'm suddenly in no way surprised that, that you're still single. That was a huge joke. That was, Just FYI, girls usually have their weddings planned since they were like little girls. Yeah, so you stepping in with your plans is probably not going to work out. Because I just don't know any girl that dreams of a potluck wedding. Dinner. Because this is, so this is the thing. Like I grew up. I, I Although, grew up, do you know, Lyle and Shell had a potluck wedding banquet. I know. Yeah. There was, uh, I went to my friend Brad's wedding. They had a potluck thing in, in a church that he was the elder of. So again, free church hire. I did the sound for the wedding for free. Everything was on the cheap <laughs> and it was great. It was so amazing. Do you I know how so... to really save some money? What? Just a lope. No, that's lame. No, I nah. want a, I want a wedding. I'm, I'm all for the elope. <laughs> I want, uh, this is my point. I want a big wedding. And then I'm going to preach in my own wedding. And then I'm going to get up and, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I know a that's couple that did intense. a really great idea. They eloped. But mm. then when they got back, like six months later or so, then they had like a, uh, like a party, like a, mm. like a, like an after church lunch kind of style party. So that was potluck. And because it wasn't the actual reception, because it already eloped, no one had the expectation of catering. So everyone was happy to bring. A plate. Sure. And so, yeah, so it ended up being like a really cool kind of like chill, casual potluck party. Yeah. I think for me, <clears throat> the thing would be I would want to make it kind of as church-like as possible because most of my family aren't Christians. Mm-hmm. And I would love to invite them and get them to come along and just hang out. Like I really value my church friends. I think they're amazing people. And every time I any of my families come to my church to hear me speak or, or whatever it may be. They are so blessed by my church family. And so I'm like, I want all my family, my extend, my, even my extended family to have that experience of being able to experience the love and the kindness of my church that mm-hmm. I've been so blessed by. So that's why, again, I wanted to have it as, as a big thing where like all my church family can come, all these people can come um, so that my family can be blessed. So Lawson is 24 years, 24 years old. He yeah. is single. He's going to have a theology. If you hey. have a girl in mind for young Lawson, <laughs> give us a call. 0491 <laughs> Send a it's, picture. It's been a, while. it's been a while since I've had this happen to me. I know Blake was doing it a lot and there was there's a few recommendations that even came through. Um, <laughs> nothing's planned out, panned out yet. But hey, if you know a really relaxed, chilled girl who's happy to do potluck lunch for her, for her <laughs> wedding dinner, uh, for her reception, this is the time to call me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm. You know, I'm not too like hard line on these plans. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also open to other things. Oh, man, oh, that's so listen. funny. Hey, you're listening. <laughs> hey, Braden sent it. He said, cool, see you next month. I guess he's just assuming he's going to win the tickets. Or, or he's really, he's so keen to see Colin Buchanan, he's just going to come down here anyway. But... You can just buy some tickets. You can actually go to colinbuchanan.com.au and just buy tickets. Absolutely. Yeah, out. come yeah. hang out, Braden. Yeah. Come, we'll ride motorbikes He together. is we going on an Australia-wide tour, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's oh, amazing. But it's going to be right here. The only venue that you need to see it in is right here at Wall's End Church, Wall's mm. End Seventh-day Adventist Church, because you'll be then in the greatest city on earth. Wall's End would be a pretty good church to get married in, Lawson. I was just there for a wedding. Oh, oh. I, I was, you've seen it in action. Yeah, yeah, I was singing and playing during the service, and I was the MC. So I was, I was, right, I was right there. I was right about it. What are you going to do if you marry a girl who wants a beautiful, elegant uh Expensive, well, not expensive, but like a proper wedding reception where it's not um, potlucked. Oh, um, I don't know if it'll work. <laughs> oh, no, 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 this is a non negotiable for I'm you, kidding, is it? I'm just kidding, I'm you just want kidding, the potluck, <laughs> nah, I, guys? I'm I'm all about it. Like, I'm I'm all about living my best life. I'm all about following God. I think that the person that I marry wouldn't, I you know, doesn't have to be in the same mind about me having a potluck lunch. You know, that's more of a meme. <laughs> that's more of a joke that I always say that it's like, oh, I'm gonna do the cheapest wedding of all time. No, like it's something that's valuable. Weddings are something that's valuable, so it's something you spend money on. But simultaneously, I just want to be equally yoked with someone who wants to share the gospel. Amen. And that's, I think that's the, my point of like going cheaper on the wedding because you can invite more people and the more people you invite, the more people you can share the gospel with. So the more people that can be blessed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Braden, <laughs> Braden uh, wrote, wrote in again. He, he said, sorry, what was your address? Um, I'm not going to dox myself on air. So you're, <laughs> you're welcome. Sky writes in, I have no plans to consider a wedding for myself. I do not believe I'm going to meet a man who will be my husband. But I love a cheap wedding idea. Sky, you can help me plan mine. Uh, you know, I haven't found anyone yet, but, uh, you know, we can we can do this together. Uh, so we need a wife for Lawson and a man for Sky. Yeah, absolutely. And preferably all of them on the cheap. Oh, yo. So, hey, my friend Hannah just texted in. Just my two cents. I was one of the little girls who never had a dream of a wedding and was happy with a potluck and to have uh, with a potluck have everyone wedding, but had to compromise as I married into an Eastern European family and they have traditions. I'm sure there's other young ladies out there with similar ideas and equally yoked with you, Lawson. See? See? They exist. Sh- but shout out my friend Hannah and David. You know, you've got a kid now living their best lives. We did the Arise program a couple of years ago. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491 so yeah, they exist. Hannah, why don't you have any girlfriends you could hook up Lawson with? <laughs> Hannah, we have never met, but I feel like you're letting down the team here. <laughs> letting down your friend Lawson. He's well, so I, lonely. But this is, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't paint me like that, Monica. But then you could say, okay, well, if, if these girls <clears throat> do exist, yet I haven't met them, is that an indictment on these girls or is it an indictment on me? Who who needs the help? Um, yeah, clearly. Yeah. So, hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And speaking of weddings, our Bible study today is called A Call to Commitment. Ooh la la. <laughs> so we're, we're all about it. We're staying on this theme. And, of course, we've been talking throughout the week about Babylon the Great, you know, Revelation yes. chapter 17, Revelation chapter 14, the call out of Babylon. And what has been ba- what has Babylon been portrayed? trade as in the bible uh, a, a, a whore an adulterous woman yeah. yeah that's right versus what are god's people uh portrayed as a, uh, a beautiful woman 
Yeah. Yeah. As the bride of Christ, you know, uh, Christ is the husband and the church is its bride. Now, the thing is, is I don't need to have a big wedding because mate, we're going to have a huge one in glory. There's going to be a long table there that's fully catered. So I'm, 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 I'm going to go easy on this, the one on earth because it can never live up to those expectations. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we are called to be betrothed to our husband, which is Christ, the husband of the church, rather than to be betrothed to the world, which is the, you know, and, and the reason it's like, okay, what's the point problem of being betrothed to the world? Well, the imagery that it gives is that it commits the, the yeah, Babylon, this woman that represents um, a people who are unfaithful to Christ. Uh, their unfaithfulness comes by their commitment to the world and the commitment, you know, it says that she makes fornication with the kings of the world. You know, whether it's through political ideology, whether it's through culture or whatever it may be, it is a a version of religion that is putting worldly desire and aspiration above righteousness and godliness. So then where do we sit in this whole dilemma and this paradigm? You know, where what are we supposed to do? Um, Again, we have this symbol of, of marriage and marriage, there's always a call of marriages to commit. So let's read some verses. Do you want to go to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18? And I'll get Revelation 17, 14. But you can read that one first for us. Matthew 16. <clears throat> and sorry, what verse was it? Um, you are, I'm going to get Revelation 17, 14. You have Matthew 16, 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Mm. Verse 14 in Revelation 17 says, These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. What's the promise here that Jesus is giving to those who believe in and follow him. Yeah, they will overcome. Yeah, they'll him. overcome. They'll yeah. be they'll overcome, you know, the world, they'll overcome sin, they'll overcome Satan. Um, but does this come out of the personal strength and effort of the individual themselves? No. No, right? It's completely coming from Christ. Again, we see a situation and this just cannot be understated. In Revelation chapter 13, where it says, the beast will make all men worship. All men, all the earth will receive the mark of the beast, except who, except those whose names are written in the book of life in heaven. There's no neutral segment here. You've got, you're either worshiping the beast, you're either following the dictates of the Antichrist and Satan, these kinds of things, or you're following Jesus. Mm. That is the situation at the end of time. And it's like, okay, well, I can't be neutral. I need to choose one or the other. But is is God really there for me? Is he really going to get me through? And the answer is absolutely yes. In fact, the only thing that's stopping you getting through is you. That's right. Um, it's it's your decision and it's your choice. But I want to illustrate this um, this bride idea, this commitment idea, a little bit further. Let's go to the book of Matthew, and we're going to go to chapter twenty five. Um, do you want to go to Matthew twenty five? We're going to be reading the story of the the parable of the virgins. <clears throat> um, and do you want to start? Let's start maybe in verse eight. And do you want to read through to verse twelve? And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. 
But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there be not enough for us and you, but rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. Mm. Okay, so we've jumped in a little bit towards the end, but here we have the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. Before the verses that we read, essentially you've got five, you know, you've got ten virgins uh, again, and if we can immediately start to make some parallel, virgins, women in the Bible, it represents a church. So this is a parable talking about God's people that, that follow them. So you've got ten of them here, these women. Five of them, um, all, they all have lamps, they're all, you know, um, full, and they're all waiting for the bridegroom. Five of them have oil. Five of them don't have oil. And so the question is, okay, well, why don't these five have oil and what's the outcome of that? Well, we see that the outcome of that is when, you know, the cry, it says the midnight cry, it rings out and the bridegroom is ready to come and to meet, you know, these, these virgins um, that are supposed to have oil in their lamps. This is a very, like, ancient Near Eastern illustration, mm. so it might sound a bit sound to you if you've never been familiar with it, but it's essentially these, you know, ten virgins are going to come and meet the groom. Um, they all have these lamps that are supposed to have oil with them burning so that they can, you know, make their way into the wedding and they can see where they're going, all these different things. Um, and you see that the foolish virgins here, they don't have the appropriate amount of oil, so they are kept out of the wedding but then they go to the groom themselves and they say lord lord open the door for us they're like hey you know we were waiting for the wedding we're here like we're here we're ready to go but he replied this being the lord of the wedding i truly i tell you i do not know you this parallels another passage in the Bible where Jesus says, you know, many will say, come to me and say, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do your works in your name? You know, did we not preach in your name? But truly, I will say to them, I do not know you. The question is, man, how can someone end up in that position? Having this close relationship with God, again, in this parable, these are predicted as these are, uh, what's the word, represented as virgins, as people who are following God. Uh, you know, again, and this is in a, in a symbolic sense. These women uh, who are following God, these these people of God who are following him, yet because of their, their lack of oil, there's a reason that then the, the, the group doesn't even know them. It's like, did Jesus forget who you are? Does, does Jesus forget who we are? Is there something that can make Jesus forget us? What's the deal? What's going on here? I actually have an illustration to describe this. Oh, yeah? And it goes like this. So let's say, you know, it's 2023 right now. Let's say I meet a girl tomorrow mm-hmm. and we start hanging out, you know, and, and, and let's say um, a year or two of dating passes and eventually I pop the question. And this girl, you know, everything's been going well so far. And she's like, yes, absolutely. Lawson, I'll marry you. And I'm like stoked, right? I'm like, yo, let's go. Um, so she decides, you know, she, she, we're going to get married. She accepts my invitation of engagement and we, we get engaged. You're going to have a potluck wedding. And, and you know, <clears throat> I, I start planning the potluck wedding and whatnot. But let's say a couple days after I pop the question to her, um, I try to call her up and she's not answering the phone. And I try to text her and she's not answering my texts. And I'm like, hey, what's what's the deal? So I go over to her house, let's say. And I see that her car's in the driveway 
I see, you know, I look through the window and I see that she's there. Uh, and then I start knocking on the door and I'm like, Hey, what's up? And she just ignores me. And I'm like, Oh, well, you know, let me try to open the door, but the door's locked. And then I, maybe I go to the window where she's sitting and I'm knocking on the window. And I'm like, Hey lady, are you there? And she, she, she looks at me and then she just looks away. She ignores me. Maybe I go to her workplace, you know, cause I'm like, this is so weird. Why isn't she talking to me? I go to a workplace. I'm like, Hey, what's up? And she just ignores me. And I get, you know, escorted out by security or something because, you know, they've, they've pegged me for some kind of creep. But really, you know, I'm a, I'm a fiancé. And she just ignores me and she just ignores me and she just ignores me. And let's say, you know, the date of the wedding comes around. Obviously, I've called it off because <laughs> there's no wedding going on when she's, when, she's, uh, when she's not talking to me. The day of the wedding comes around and she rocks up and she says, all right, I'm ready to get married. Would an appropriate response to that be... I do not know you. I think the answer would be yeah. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Hey, let's ready to get married. You'd be like, no way. What are you talking about? Like, And she could then say, but what about all the time we spent together? And what about how we got engaged? And But I'm like, lady, are you serious? I don't know you. Hmm. I don't know you. I think what this illustration shows is that it's our ongoing relationship with Christ that enables us to be a part of our king, be a part of his kingdom. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and Monica, you are going to bring us a final clue for the quiz. Who am I? I am the brother of Moses and Miriam. Mm. Who am I? I am the brother of Moses and Miriam. 0491064669. We got a text that just come in from Freco. He says, most marriages in Jesus's time were arranged. They really did not know each other. Are we sure about that? I mean, surely they, they would be, but there, there would have been marriages, but most of them, I'm not sure. What do you, what do you think, Monica? I think uh, arranged marriage is more of a cultural uh, situation than a time situation. There are still many cultures that do arranged marriages today. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we have a text coming in from Diana. She writes this. I have worked in aged care in the past. Dementia patients can be dangerous. Now, this is referring to the story that we were listening to Mm. on the news Mm -hmm. about this um, 95-year-old dementia elderly lady in the nursing home who um, was tased by a police officer because she was wielding a knife. And as a result, she died. And now the police officer is being charged. Uh, I have seen sweet little old ladies holding nurses twice their size up Against a wall. It's unbelievable if you haven't experienced it. Years ago, they would medicate them so they weren't a danger to themselves or anyone else. Now you need a family... Now you need family approval every three months. Many won't approve the medication, but they won't look after them at Mm -hmm. the home either. Mm -hmm. Some dementia patients need to be in a dementia-specific wing or medicated for the safety of others, but no one likes to hear that about their loved one because they remember who they were, not seeing them as they are now, as dementia has slowly taken over. Diana, that is so on point. I completely agree with you. People just, my grandmother passed away and she had mm. dementia for the last, oh, I don't know, decade or so. <clears throat> and it was um, really unsettling to see that she was a, basically a completely different person mm. and had violent bouts herself. But I, I think it's unfair to expect um, our nursing staff and our police workers to put themselves into dangerous situations that could get stabbed and so forth just because yeah, you know, like Diana said, the families don't want to see don't want to approve medication 
but you know, I also also don't want to take care of them themselves. I mean, our police go through so much as it is, and we have so few of them because <clears throat> so many of them leaving in droves. I um, I I I do pity this this uh, this woman who the police woman who's now being um charged mm. for basically I'm going to say a self defense move. Mm. I I, I don't think it is deeply unfortunate that the, yeah. the 95 year old died. But also, if someone was like coming at you with a knife, it doesn't matter how old they are. If they're like, if they've lost their minds, which is what dementia is, and they're violent, but like like Diana said, they can really still pack a punch. Mm-hmm. I think the the point of the charging is that yeah, the the use of deadly force was you know was at the mm-hmm. cause of one caused her to die, and and they saw it as an inappropriate use. So simultaneously, I mean, what other options did she have? Um, go and keep going around stabbing You know, these are the methods of subduing. Like what? 100%. Oh, I mean, like, they, like, whether it's, you know, just working out a, a way, like, having multiple officers there so that they can get her from different angles. Yeah, and what if there just aren't multiple officers available at the time? The, your police force is running mm. running on a thin on a thin uh, staffing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah, maybe this lady did... Like I'm not, I'm not accusing her of because we don't know that she's been charged, but they still need to, you know, she'll go further on trial, and there'll there'll be more deliberation over it. Absolutely. So I just think that before people start saying, "Oh, she had other options," I didn't actually think did she actually have other options? Was she there by herself? Was she just running into a call solo? Like mm. you just don't know this stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Send us your thoughts. 0491 is the number to call or text. Um, let's have a look at some more verses here. So we were talking about my illustration about yes. this lady who I'm going to marry. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, you. and then she just decides to ignore me and cut off all communication for no reason. Like, you know, it's not like she came to me and said, we're breaking up. Da, 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 da. She just does all that and then rocks up on the day of the wedding that we had initially planned, and then she says to me, okay, I'm, I'm ready to do this, I'm ready to get married, and I'm like, lady, I don't know you. Like, like that previously established connection is no longer there to the point where I'm not willing to get married to you. Like, no, no way. And it's the same with our relationship with Jesus. We, so many of us, have amazing testimonies of how the Lord brought us to him. But... The, your greatest day with the Lord, your greatest testimony should not just be limited to one story. Your experience with God is an ongoing thing in which God should be, as, as you're walking with God, like he will reveal himself to you. He will show you and work in your life in many way, amazing ways, particularly as we endeavor to be a part of God's mission to share the gospel, you know. A lot of people, I think a lot of Christians who grow up in the church, and this is why I hear as someone who wasn't growing up in the church, um, they have this perspective of like, oh, my testimony's boring because God didn't do like, you know, some amazing conversion miracle in my life. You know, he didn't take me from a life of drugs or, because I, I get asked often to share my testimony in different places, whether it's, you know, at schools or at camps or at churches or whatever, I share my testimony and I have people coming up to me and she's like, and, and, and saying to me like, wow, it's not, my, my story isn't, you know, I used to race motorbikes professionally or anything like that, but that's so amazing that you were doing that and now you've come to God and, and da, 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 da. Yet for me, as someone who has a story like that, I see the most inspiring testimonies as those church people who just really let Jesus work in their life. Like the most inspiring thing to me is 
yes, the way that God leads you to him, but simultaneously, but what has he worked in your life afterwards, right? What is the work that God is continually doing that's enabling you to go and to go and and reach people? What is the what is the way that he is leading you to go and, and be a blessing to others? What's like the amazing miracles that he's done in in those times in which you're endeavoring to share the gospel? Those are the really amazing testimonies to me, those missionary stories. And that can come from anyone. You don't, you don't have to be on the outside coming in. Or, or That can be from anyone who endeavors to follow God. They will have those experiences, those amazing stories of the way that God has worked in their life. Um, but again, we can see those miracles. We can see God working in our life. We can see the change that he makes. We can see the change in our situation. Yet, we can begin to neglect him. And he'll stop working in our lives. And, you know, there's miracles. It'll be limited to, oh, yeah, I remember when God was working in my life five years ago when I was at Bible college sharing the gospel with people. But, yeah, I'm not really doing that anymore. Um, stories along those lines that I've, that I've heard before. And, and we end up in a situation where we just don't rely on Jesus at all. We don't have him as a part of our lives. We don't let him lead. And and often then there will be things that come up in our lives and we then have the choice. Okay, do we rely on Jesus to get through this or not? The thing is that God is loving. Jesus is a loving God. And while we're living here on this earth, his arms are open wide. He never leaves us nor forsake us. We, like sheep, have gone astray, as Colin Buchanan writes in his song, as the book of Isaiah says. And uh, we, like sheep, have gone astray, yet... You know, we can come back to him. We, like the prodigal son, have have left our father, yet we can come back to him. And we can restore that relationship, but not just for a day. Not just like, okay, I made things right with God and now move on with my life. It's like, no, every single day, making things right with God, connecting with him, living a life following him. That's what he is expecting with us. And that's what we call a relationship with Jesus. We would not be able to use language like that, which in the modern era of Christianity, a lot of people use. We would never be able to use relationship, uh, use language like relationship, um, if yeah, that perspective of a of an ongoing um, connection with God wasn't the case. But that's what we need to have. That's what God has called us to have. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are going to have answers for the quiz. The answer to the quiz is Aaron. So Aaron's wife's name was Elisheba, Eliezer and Ithamar, <clears throat> two of Aaron's sons. Aaron died on Mount Hor. The Lord said that he would make Moses to be like a god to Pharaoh and would make Aaron to be like Moses' prophet. And Moses was the brother of, I'm oh, sorry, Aaron was the brother of Moses and Miriam. Congratulations to everyone who uh, got that correct and is in for tomorrow's prize. Job. I can't believe it's already tomorrow. Mm. That would give me that away. Absolutely. The week has gone truly fast. But, oh, man, I love Aaron's story so much. I think it's so interesting. Uh, you know, there's some tragedy along the way and some difficulties and whatnot. But his position, like, you've got this character, Moses, who is the spearhead of, you know, delivering his people from from Egypt and all these different things. But then Moses is just like, oh, literally, I'm terrible at speaking. And God's like... Yo, let me fix that for you. You've got a cousin named Aaron. He's going to meet you. And you guys are just going to do it together. And I feel like, you know, often as we view that story of Moses and Aaron, and, and, and Moses definitely was at the forefront of 
you know, doing God's work. He was the one meeting God on Mount Sinai and, and writing down, you know, the, the commands of the Lord. Of, of course, the Ten Commandments were written on stone by the finger of God, as we were talking about with Kelvin early in the week. But uh, we see that, you know, the rest of it is written on parchment by Aaron, uh, sorry, by Moses. But then, yeah, his public speaker, his communicator, and his priest, because even Moses needed a priest, was Aaron. His brother. It, yeah, well. Not his cousin. Yeah, that's that's what I meant to say. Um, yeah, um, but it, it's it's just awesome to see that even though Moses is like this great hero figure of the Bible, mm-hmm. where we're like, wow, look at all that he did. Like, not even he stood alone. That's right. Um, he was supported, and, and it makes me think of other stories in the Bible. You have the story of Elijah, where he's supported by by the widow, and you have you know even Jesus and his twelve disciples. We know when it came down to it, Jesus really was alone and was abandoned by his disciples, but simultaneously he called these people to be, to be around him because it made his ministry both more effective and it was a blessing to those who he was with. And I think that was for Aaron as well. Aaron isn't without fault, though. He's not without mistake. I think in the golden calf incident and, you know, mm. whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. he, he is a fallen, frail human being. But I think Aaron's story also represents that of just, like, those who are endeavoring to... Because he, he he's Aaron. Like, he is the, the kind of archetypal um, version of what a minister is. Right, you know, you have political leaders, and you have people, and da da da. da. It's like Aaron was like the minister, and he's a he's a frail, fallen guy. But at the end of the day, he, you know, despite his failures, despite his difficulties, he's always coming back to God. He's Amen. always he's always you know doing the mission that God has called him to do, um, and yeah, enabling God's people to to move forward eventually into the Holy Land. Of course, he wasn't there when they crossed over into the Holy Land, but um, was very much a part of that taking place. And it was with Aaron. It's like just the coolest thing ever when they're going up to Pharaoh, and um, it's like <laughs> Moses would be like, "Hey, Aaron, can you?" You know, can you just say this stuff? And he's like, okay, um, uh, uh, Pharaoh, uh, Moses wants you to let the people go go on behalf of God, please. And Or he's going to do some miracles and you'll be, you know, smacked. So, yeah, it's it, just an amazing story. Just a really, really... Do you have a brother? Story. No. Oh, you're missing out. You you have a brother, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got an older brother. Uh, do, do you see that as a blessing? Yeah, 100%, dude. Yeah, well, I know that my three sisters are blessed to have a brother, too. <laughs> Uh, awesome. that, that being my myself. But I am incredibly <laughs> blessed to have sisters. Oh, man, having sisters is the best. Mm. Uh, you don't have... Do you have a sister? No, I am a sister. Oh. I know it's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just <laughs> amazing. Like, having sisters is just awesome. They just always look after you. It's always such, such a blessing to you. Moses had a sister as well. You know, yeah, who, who he was, the best of both. He he was truly... He was well-equipped. You know, God was like, okay, who's who's the best equipped to be able to do this work? Oh, the guy who has a brother and a sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, can, who can help them out. So, oh, really cool story. I've got some last minute to check with. The sky says, oh, Cole's head will be in... Uh, songs will be in your head. It's great. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, Cole Columbia Cannon song's definitely getting your head. Who's the king of the jungle? Who, who? Oh, that is so good. <laughs> and it's David said uh, the police officer was a he, not a she. And you are correct, David. We fact checked that, yeah. and uh, we spoke incorrectly. The police officer who tased the ninety-five-year-old yeah. was it actually was actually it was a man. actually he. But it's his name is Christian, but with a K. So I read it as Christian, and then in the article I was reading, it was a picture of a lady, but the lady turned out to be the, the, the police commissioner. Yeah. Today, remember to fight the good fight, live your best life, eat your veggies, share the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Talk faith, live faith, and act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. <laughs>
for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.